Ladies and gentlemen, it's 1993 and young comedy lovers and Robin Hood lovers have special reason to be excited because finally there's a movie that combines all the pomp and adventure of the Robin Hood story with the excellent comedic mind of Mel Brooks. That's right, we are here to discuss Robin Hood, Men in Tights. And with me, as always, in the Raven on Robin on podcast subsection recap analytical thingy, where we dissect all the Robin Hood films, is a man who changed his name by Deep Paul because it used to be Shithouse. <laughs> Stuart Late! Hello, Natalie. Hello, everyone. It's a good change. It's a good change. <laughs> We will get on to Tracy Ullman's uh, role in this film, no doubt, later on. But we do have a special guest with us this podcast. He's a man who's never met a pun he didn't like. Please welcome Scott Driscoll. Hey. Hello, Natalie. Hello, Stu. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Round of applause for you, Scott. Now, Scott, you're a man who likes his dodgy comedies. Uh, Tell us first about your experience with this film. Okay, well, this film in particular, which is Robin Hood Men in Tights, uh, is a favourite of mine as a a childhood, teenage viewing. Uh, I got to see it at the Ballina Cinema when we had one screen, and uh, I got to see it uh, in a double feature with Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. That's sensational. So that's a long day at the cinema, but I suppose in Ballina you may have been hard up for things to do, is that? It was like the cinema or the bowling centre or roller skating. And I worked at the roller skating centre, so that wasn't as much fun. <laughs> but how, how was it seeing the perfection that is Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and then seeing its, its beauty and its wonder, you know, trashed by Mel Brooks and his incisive wit? Well, I mean, was it trashed or, or was it... Uh... Did it draw your attention to the the beauty of the scenes by counterpointing it with the <laughs> gags and puns that were provided by the, the Mel Brooks people? Yeah, look, I have a soft spot for this film, but I'm sure we will discuss the goods and the bads of this particular film. <laughs> Stu, how did you come to this film? Do you remember seeing it at the cinema or? Uh, I definitely didn't see it at the cinema. I was a little bit too young, but I but I definitely had this on video at home because I remember watching this a lot when I was a kid. Um, I really, really loved this movie when I was a kid. I don't know how long it's been for you guys since you've rewatched this movie. <laughs> for me, it's been about 20 years, I think. Like, like it's, it's definitely been a long time since I went back and sort of revisited it. And while I still remember many of the jokes and the scenes and the lines from this movie, don't necessarily know it holds up as well as some of Mel Brooks's other uh, films. I'm not sure where you guys land on that. His treasured classics. Yeah, yeah. It's a a good point, Stu. It's well made. I think it's probably been at least 10 years since I've seen it. Um, I've I've written, I wrote some notes down while I was watching this and the word gag comes up a lot. Sure is a gag, yep. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) a lot of gags. I I was watching this and at times feeling kind of guilty because I was like, (laughs) I feel like I've written jokes like that and, you know, there's a lot of that whimsical parody stuff that I, obviously this film is one of a few that probably played a role in me loving parody and comedy and taking the mickey and sort of to do a good parody you have to kind of love the story it could be argued that maybe 
Mel Brooks didn't love the story, but I guess because you know <laughs> it's not the best parody that it maybe could be compared. Well, to Well, there's an interesting others. there's an interesting point that I want to make there, but I think we might get to that later. But okay, yes, yeah. Well, I just felt a bit guilty that I'm like, have I just spent my life trying to do? Do people look at my parodies and go? Nah, it's it's a bit Robin Hood men in tights. I, I would say, in your defence, <laughs> that you know, for example, Speed the Movie, the play is far better thought through than this movie, which is saying something. Yeah, I, well, I would agree. I yeah, I mean, Scott, you're biased. You're in the show, so true, true. <laughs> and I am biased as I co-wrote the show with uh, Dan and Greg from the Smart Enough to Know Better podcast, and they'll be biased. But we like we put a lot of care into our joke writing and we put a lot of effort into volume and quality of jokes because you've got to kind of be hitting people with fresh stuff constantly. And I think one of the big things for me with this film, it's first on my minute challenge, which I'm sure we'll get into, but I thought it was worth bringing up initially is how slow this movie is. Yeah. Yeah, Like like the pacing is bizarre because it, because they, they do, they do do a lot of jokes. Like there's a lot of jokes and gags and stuff happening. Yeah. But this, like it's, weirdly paced it's really strangely paced the 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 punchlines feel like they come just half a second too late all the time or that there's like the punchline and then there's kind of a gap almost like stage show where you're leaving time for the audience to stop laughing yeah there's like a laughter break yeah before you move on to the next joke but as a kid i don't remember having that feeling maybe it's because the world was slower in the 90s you know we didn't have the internet the our attentions were uh you know i do wonder if that era of the tiktoks where you just have to sure. something ah. really has affected tiktok how has broken our brains yes yeah, yeah. It has di- digested how much we need things to hit us now 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 so it could be that but i remember for example the um uh friar tuckman at the end having a tent which says circumcision special half off half off yeah yeah and i remember that's a good being, joke it's good a good joke, joke. But i remember i remember that being like oh my god look i noticed it i noticed it and whereas now I was going, are they going to move that camera off that joke? The camera's yeah. just sitting there. They're, they're giving you all the time. They, they they leave you so much time to read that joke. They're like, like hey, we wrote a joke. Have a they, look at it. They should yeah. have brought out a giant comedy arrow and like pointed at it. But if you, <laughs> like, for example, contrast that with um, Not Another Teen Movie, which I, I know a lot of people, I, I defend this movie to the to, to the last. I, I love Not Another Teen Movie. As do I. It's a great, it's a great spoof movie. Such it is spoof. very good. A lot of people seem to think it's by the same people who did Scary Movie and Epic Movie, and it's not. It's totally different people. Yep. It's Chris Evans' first film role, mm. and I kind of love that, that Captain America's first film role was, was like a high school John Hughes spoof movie, and he's so <laughs> But, you know, if you look at... At, at not another teen movie you have to kind of pause to pick up all the background jokes so they have a joke background in one of the cafeterias and it's like hot dogs and then underneath it in cursive writing is like for practicing oral sex and you, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you have to stop the screen to see read what it says it's just put there in the back for the people on home video to stop and look at it yeah you know Maybe we didn't have as much VCR take up in '93, but you, like you literally had to, yeah. So some of the jokes, I, I guess, I'm are really laid on thickly and are really like, hey guys, joke, joke. So I, I guess that's that's my first point. But how do we want to kick off our minute challenge, Stu? Where we, uh, we well, it's, it sounds like you've already you've already started. Like, let, you let's, want me let's to keep going? going? Okay, yeah. so I'm sure we'll come back to pace and and speed. I said I love this as a kid. But I do wonder if it's one of now Mel Brooks's lesser regarded parodies. 
which made me want to have a discussion whether now is the time maybe to get straight into it is other Mel Brooks films because I haven't seen all of Mel Brooks films. I really haven't seen as many as, as, as I assume probably you guys have. I've mm-hmm. seen Blazing Saddles. I've seen Spaceballs. Mm-hmm. I've seen Robin Hood Men in Tights. I've only seen Spaceballs the once, but I've seen Blazing Saddles a number of times and it's great. Yes. But I'm trying to think, like, I've never seen Young Frankenstein, which, oh, as I understand, it, is like... Yeah, his... Young Frankenstein is very good. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah, and I've got no doubt. I just don't know why I haven't seen it. I mean, we all know why. I'm me, and I just don't see <laughs> the stuff. But, I mean, um, there's and... also the silent movie. There's also History of the World Part 1. Sure, yeah. Oh, I've seen History of the World Part 1. I have seen that um, because it's the one with the you, you look like a... Uh, the piss boy. Well, you look like a bucket of shit. Yeah. <laughs> but I've only seen it the once and I need to see it again. And I haven't seen the film version of The Producers. I've seen the stage show ah, of The Producers, right. but I've not seen the film version. So what am I missing with Mel? What else has he done that I... He's young Frankenstein. I think, I mean, that's that's a lot of his... Yeah. Hits. Like, I mean, if you've seen if you've seen Blazing Saddles, you've arguably seen his best movie. Um, well, and there's, yeah. but mm. there's, you know, I mean, you know, we we can have that conversation, but I mean, like, it's definitely yeah. uh, there. And I guess, like, History of the World Part One. What the else? Pro- I, the producers would be kind of his. The, the producers is also like, yeah, really good. Yeah. Um, Elephant Man. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he produced he produced the Elephant Man. Did yeah. he? Yeah. Did he really? Yeah. I did not know that. That's that's an interesting. Yeah, Bro- Brooks Films, like like his his film company Brooks Films, um, produced a whole bunch of things that you wouldn't have expected. Uh, there's that all the is. like he he was a very big like promoter of. I, I talk about him in the past tense. He's still alive. He's like yeah, ninety six he years old. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, no, he he was a, he's a big film buff, and not just not just for comedies. Like he loves uh, like genre stuff. Like you can see. He he loves westerns. He loves like old horror movies, which is why Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein are great. He obviously has a big soft spot for like musical theater because it's in all of his films. Yes, yes. And obviously, well, the producers is such a is such a, a, a seminal film of his. Yeah, to be or not to be. That's another good one. Yes, Dracula Although, Dead and Loving It. Dracula see, see that that's that's in the in the the middle the sort of the nineties period where I'm I'm like ah oh, the, the the bloom came off the rose a bit, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, life Did, stinks. Don't know that one. Mm. But I mean, Mel Brooks as a as a filmmaker is, uh, I mean, oh, as a comedian, he has this wonderful because he's Jewish and he Im- Im- imparts so much of that sense of mocking truth to power kind of thing. Like just you you take away someone's power by mocking it and with comedy. And I've always respected that, and I've always loved that as as a way to deal with the world's problems is by mm. is by doing comedy and springtime for hitler is just <laughs> like it's glorious and and the fact that you know the fact that uh he's a, a jewish man writing this it just takes so much of the power away from from the nazis and one of the things that that we say in impro as kind of a bit of a personal credo is when you try and establish a line of what you can, you know, what to do on stage, what's going to get laughs, is Nazis are funny, yep. the Holocaust not mm. funny. Yes. So yes. you know, you you, but I mean, still, then you've got films like Life Is Beautiful, whatever that can make beauty out of out of an ostensibly terrible, you know, horrendous event. But the best way to take away the Nazis' power is to spoof them. Is is to mm. is to is to show them off for being the you know, tawdry idiots that they were. Yeah, absolutely. Take, I mean, you, not you to take you, away you, the damage that they caused, but not hold them up as this like, oh my God, they're so scary. It's like, no, they're literally doing can-cans and kick, kick lines and, yeah. you know, 
it, it's just glorious. So I, I, I think, I mean, that is what Mel Brooks's legacy will be, you know, touch wood that he's still with us for, for some time. But yeah, he will, he will maybe because he doesn't have as much to skewer with something like Robin Hood or Dracula, it doesn't have as much bite. I, I definitely think that I was, I was sort of alluding to this before, and I think it's probably a good way to sort of get into it is the, the fact that I think it's clear that that his older movies like so he he starts with the producers in 1967 and then moves on to uh like blazing saddles is is and young frankenstein are in the 70s um yep. sala movie you know history of the world like, like you know he, these are all movies that he would have and genres that he would have grown up with and mm. i think they work because the genre parody is spot on in all of those movies like 100%. western and 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 horror I think his first real, the one where he's kind of doing it because he's Mel Brooks and he makes spoof movies is maybe Spaceballs. Like yeah. that's the one, that's the one that feels like, like I, I love Spaceballs. I think it's a good movie. And I think a lot of the, most of the jokes work in that, but I mean, so much of what, the humor in that movie. What are you Colonel Sanders chicken is a glorious. Like, <laughs> yes, glorious exactly. Homing the desert. And you know, like like the ending where like the alien is doing the can can on the bar, like like just prime prime Brooks silliness. But they're always right? doing like Blazing Saddles ends with that massive musical number. Sure, exactly. That that's how he ends a movie. You know, yeah. like, like that's, yeah. that's just what he does, and yeah. that's fine. Like that that's fine. But I think that's the one where you can feel that he's not really because that you know that that's a contemporary film. So he's a man. He's a middle aged man by that point. Mm. seeing this silly space movie become the biggest thing in the world yeah and he's like i guess i have to make a, a parody of this yeah yeah you know yeah. so he just he packs it full of jokes that make sense to him but but there's not a lot of direct parody of star wars in that movie right it's just general sort of science fiction and i think it's interesting in this movie in men in tights that that's kind of what's going on because he's not really parodying robin hood prince of thieves carrie elwes is errol flynn he's yeah. not he's not kevin costner no you know like, like no, this, is, but... this is basically a parody of the errol flynn the adventures of robin hood it, yeah, you could argue that it's more that, but I mean, the sheriff of Rottingham is is Alan Rickman. That's sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's meant to recall Alan Rickman, but but yes. you know, it's sort of. And I've got I've got and... some stuff to say there as well. But but I mean, in terms of <laughs> in terms of what they're doing, like he's doing Robin Hood because there was a recent successful Hollywood yes. Robin yeah. Hood movie. Hundred yes. percent. Not not because he has anything specific to say about Robin right. Hood. You yeah. know what I mean? Like like. It's just a vehicle for for more Brooksian, zany, wacky humour. You know, the tagline to this film was the legend had it coming. The legend had it coming, yeah. And and it's, you know, it's very much the global popularity of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and also I guess the fact that there'd been the Patrick Bergen one, and he's obviously hmm. gone, oh, okay, this is a bit of a thing. Let's, let's People like that. Robin Hood. Let's make a parody of Robin Hood. That's there right. is another link to the past, though. Back in 1975, he actually made a 13-episode TV series called... I think it was when times were rotten and it was oh. set in set in like Nottingham Forest and it was a whole Robin Hood medieval adventure series. Comedy though. Really? Um, yeah, it got 13 episodes and then it got pulled. I never wow. knew that. Do we know if he recycled like literally all of the jokes from that for this? It, it's entirely possible. I've not been able <laughs> to find any any footage of it. <laughs> maybe he did. Yeah, yeah, maybe he dusted off a few episodes and kind of polished it up because this... This does feel like almost sometimes a series of sketches. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's sort of interlocking bits and pieces. And the, there's a very rough through line, which is Robin will eventually save the day, but there's not a... <laughs> so, 
<laughs> the, stake, the stakes are not high in this film at any <laughs> point. Anyway, so that's, yeah, so that's sort of giving the Mel Brooks context, which I'm sure we'll continue to discuss. But just back to my uh, list, Carrie Elwes, uh, who I for years called Carrie so did all of us he's the go-to parody guy at this point in his career because he was in the princess bride which i think is arguably his most famous was that his first role or was was one of his first yeah yeah Yeah. and he's so iconic as this actual swashbuckling hero and then he did hot shots and of course is fantastic in hot shots which is <laughs> you know hot shots as a parody movie if we ever want to do you know parody on or rip off on or something you know there's there's a not rip off but yeah i need to find a good name for it but hot shots is like spoof on. it's spoof on it's hot shots <laughs> or is that a porn podcast um i don't know you decide but uh hot shots is is glorious it's a fantastic movie and while it is obviously a top gun send up it has all these other pop culture references thrown in. And sure. it, again, is a big influence on me, arguably much more than Robin Hood Men in Tights. Hot Shots is, is right up there. He was in that as the Val Kilmer character. And now he turns mm. up as Robin Hood uh, in, a, in an English accent. What is it about Carrie Elwes at this point in his career that he's taking two parody roles one after the I mean, is it just getting to work with Mel Brooks? Like I could I could see anyone accepting a role to work with Mel Brooks at this point. I think it's because his big breakout was The Princess Bride, which isn't a parody film, but it is a very jokey sort of movie. It's a very lighthearted fantasy sort of movie. So yeah. he is like beautifully handsome. And, and like classic leading man handsome, it's, it's it's almost like the opposite of what normally happens where like a funny guy happens to be good looking and so he gets pigeonholed into very boring leading man roles. It, with Carrie Elwes, it seems to be that like, because his big breakout was a, a fairly comedic performance, everyone decided, okay, you're the you're the funny guy now? Yeah. Yeah. Hang on, wait. It's saying that he's been in Stranger Things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was in Stranger Things. The most recent se- When? No, not the most recent series. It was... um. When was it? Series two or three? Oh, yeah. that's the one I haven't seen. I think it was series two. I, I seem to have gone straight from series one to series three, oh. and then I haven't seen series four yet because kind of everyone was getting into it, and I was like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Everyone's just so into it. Like, God. But that would make sense why they cast, because they had Matthew Modine in the first series. Yes. And if you want your 80s pin-up, 80s, 90s pin-up dudes, then, totally. yeah, of course, you'd go to Carrie Elwes. Um, but what else has he done just here? He's in uh, Days of Thunder, apparently. I don't remember that. I don't so remember that either. He's in Twister. Oh, I remember him in Twister. He's like mm. the bad guy. He's like he's the, the bad rival. Guy in Twister, yeah. Yeah, he's like the rival tornado chaser. Um, Kiss the girls, liar, liar. He so kind of he in... was in he was he kind of went into purgatory for a while, but he was in Saw. He was in the first Saw. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. He was um, too. Which I haven't seen because I, I actual horror movies make me weird. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really kind of gravitate towards them. Uh, he, he played a recurring um, cat burglar character in a TV show called Psych. Okay. Is that the one with uh, Timothy Amundsen in it? Yes. Psych? Yes. He's great. Timothy Amundsen from mm. um, Gallivant Stew, the king. Yes, Correct. Yes. Very, very well. Gallivant. Very aware of his work. God, that guy's a legend. Anyway, back to... Carrie Elwes. So yeah, he's kind of parody guy at this point, but he's good mm. at it. But he he's is. also he, a, he's one of the best yeah. things in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, he's very personable. Speaking of actors in this movie, this time around I was really taken with how good Roger Rees is as the Sheriff of Rottingham because he was yeah. always just kind of a silly character when I was a kid. And I realized like he's, because I looked him up, he sadly died in 2015. Mm. He was like this incredibly well-respected Welsh stage actor, like Royal mm. Shakespeare Company went to Broadway. Like when he died, Broadway dipped their lights in his honor. Like he he's an incredible, has an incredible stage legacy as a dramatic actor. And here he is, as this very <laughs> over the top. <laughs> but it just shows you how, how good an actor he is that he pulls off this character and every facial expression, every vocal, t- he has this vocal tick of changing his words around when he speaks. So, you know, it as Spoonerization. the- Spoonerization. Well, yeah, yeah. And- Except they forget a bit all about that in the third act of the movie. Yeah. Yes, they Goes do. Goes away completely. Yeah. He Yes, he does. But it's, you know, at least they start with something. But he plays it so well. Like he's really, really good in this role as a, because he's not like Alan Rickman's, Sheriff of Nottingham. No, he's obviously meant to, he's meant to like, that's who he's supposed to be and who he's meant to be sending up. But do you know, do you know what I've realized on this watch? And I've never picked this up before. Do you know what I think he's doing? What? I think he's aping John Cleese. John Cleese? I I think he's doing a John Cleese. I could see John Cleese playing the Sheriff of Rottingham. Well, he did play Robin Hood once. Yes, that's true. I just feel that the way he's acting, the, the, the way he's playing the role, I was just thinking, this is John Cleese. He's doing John Cleese. I didn't pick that, but I can see it. I can mm. see why you would pick that. The thing that really keyed me into that was the, the the bit where he has to give the bad news in a good way. Yeah. Right? And he does yes. the big joking, ah, you know, like, and that that's exactly, that, that's Basil Fawlty. Like that's... Yes, yes. That's you know? A, yes. Yeah, definitely. That's that's sort of yeah. I was going to say Python esque, but yes, if it's Basil Fawlty, it's Cleese esque. Um, <laughs> yeah, but he's just he's just really good in this role, which is you know even things like the walk this way and doing yeah. the camp kind of stride oh, off, like all of these kind of gaggy. <laughs> wasn't that wasn't that a hoary old chestnut even when this movie came out? Oh, like, it yeah. totally was. There there are jokes in here from the Stone Age for sure. Oh my god! But he. <laughs> This is what I mean. It's to his credit that he gets he gets it and he he looks the part and every time he looks at Carrie Elwes, he's like glowering at him, like oh. like he's he's doing a really good job because he's a really good actor. Sure, in yeah. This, you know, kind of slightly lame movie, you know. Um so I just wanted to give him credit where credit's due. Um he was very other good. things like Oh yes, just talking about parody, it's definitely an Errol Flynn parody with probably a little bit of the Disney movie as well maybe yeah certainly a little the, a little bit of the disney robin hood yeah certainly the musical numbers might do that the maid marion portrayal is um i think with the big hair is kind of a look at at, at uh, mary elizabeth master antonio from robin hood prince of thieves but i don't know i don't know where they get the like oh i'm so happy I'm not sure who that's meant to be. If that's it's, supposed to be, it's someone very unfocused. Else. It's 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 just yeah. it's just sort of classic. Again, it's one of those things where they seem to be generally satirizing like golden age Hollywood, but it's yeah. not. It's not. It, it's way too unfocused to be to be funny because it's just not specific. It's just sort of like, oh, I'm doing a funny voice. It's very yes. broad. Yeah. <laughs> Forgive yes. the pun. Sorry. The chastity belt. <laughs> I always remember that because I would, I, for some reason, would go around yelling, call a locksmith, call a locksmith, which is how the film ends. <laughs> call a locksmith. It was just like a funny refrain. 
Um, Blinken it's a funny thing is, to say. It yeah. is. Blinken is obviously a direct rip of Duncan from sure. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. And I yep. just, like, to this day, I will quote the line like, oh, Master Robin, you lost your arms in the crusade. <laughs> but you yeah. grew some nice boobs. Like, genius. I, I, you can't, but it's great. I'm not going to hear anything against that joke. It's great. The, the, vis- <laughs> the visual gag of the Braille playboy is genius. Yes. It's, it's, yes. That's pretty good, yeah. It is pretty good. And him just, like, cupping these Braille boobs. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a great moment with him where he falls out of the because he's on watch for some reason up in the <laughs> the trees. Oh, that that has one of my out. favorite jokes in the movie. Can I say like he like because uh-huh. <laughs> Robin rides past. He's like Blinken, what are you doing? He's like I'm guessing. I guess yes. <laughs> there's no one here. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good joke, and then he falls out of the tree. Hits his face first, you know, goes face first into the ground, gets up and goes, I can see, and then turns and immediately slams into a tree and says, no, nah, I was wrong. And <laughs> yeah. I loved that. I loved that as a, as a kid. And that's, you know, that's an old joke. Like, oh, my God, my power of sight has returned. No, but still well deployed here. And he's kind of a much more important, like he's a merry man himself. He sort of takes, because there's little John, uh, who's kind of just a big beefy blonde dude, and then Will Scarlet O'Hara. <laughs> Um, well, something interesting about that beefy blonde dude. I laughed dude. so hard. I laughed so hard at Will Scarlet O'Hara because I'd forgotten that because I loved that at the time because I was so into Gone with the Wind. I was like, oh, my God, they're making like a Scarlet O'Hara joke. And, of course, isn't that odd? I'm like, that's the obvious joke he would make. But, um, uh, but Little, yes, little I, John, little yes. John, Eric Allen Kramer, who played Little John, was actually Marvel's first on-screen Thor. Yes, he was. Wait, what? In the trial of the Incredible Hulk, which also had the first on-screen appearance of Daredevil, Eric Allen Kramer, who was Little John, played Thor. Okay, what what is the trial of the of the dude? Trial of the Incredible what? Hulk was a telly movie they made after the Hulk TV Incredible Hulk TV series was finished. They did three of them. Oh, the one with Lou Ferrigno. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know anything about it except it was. Isn't it Bill Bill Bixby? Is that- yep. Bill, yeah, Bill Bixby is, is uh, David Banner. David Bruce um, Banner. <laughs> David Bruce Banner. And actually, I'll, I'll just quickly push my glasses up and say I'm actually here, Scott, ooh, because it ooh, was uh, The Incredible Hulk Returns. Oh, that's right. It, it was it too. Wasn't the it wasn't the trial. It was The Incredible Hulk Returns. I am, Fair of enough. course, reading that off a screen. <laughs> yeah, so. but, but the fact the fact that you're just like, hang on, I've got to take my gloves off here and throw down some nerd. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. I love. Yes, he was. He was. Marvel, he was the original Hemsworth. Yeah. And one could argue the best. Uh, I mean, look, he's he's a he's a he's a big guy. He's he's, yeah. he's very Thor-like. But this is the thing. He's a big guy, but he's not a Hemsworth. Like Hemsworth is in the gym, like five to six days a day. Like he's never not <laughs> in the gym. I don't know how he gets time to act because he's got to be too busy doing lap curls and bicep curls and squat thrusts and. Like all he is is muscle shaped in a vague man shape. <laughs> shaped into human form. But this other, this little John, he's obviously a dude who like lifts heavy things. But he's not particularly. He's just got great big arms. Well, he's not cut, no. But he's he's a big guy. He's he, yeah. he's like un, un, unequivocally a giant man. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And that's, you know, that's kind of how historically, like in the Errol Flynn movie, it was. The Little Johns are just big dudes. Yeah, they're, they're just not... big guys, yeah. Yeah, so I can <laughs> see why in the pre-Hemsworth buff six-pack era, you would go, who do we want for Thor? Just a really tall, big guy. 
ideally he probably does some arm workouts so we can put him in short sleeves and a, (laughs) a breastplate. So yeah, so there's Little John, Will Scarlet O'Hara and Blinken and Achu, which I haven't got, I actually forgot to mention on my list. So I'll leave that. Maybe you mentioned it to Stu, but before I forget finishing off my list, um, musical numbers, we Mm -hmm, vaguely attributed to that on my list. I wrote musical numbers, including men in tights, which I still just will come into my head every so often and go, we're men, we're men, we roam around the forest (laughs) looking for fights. It's just a fun tune does use the phrase sissies and pansies let's let's get it out there it probably does. wouldn't it write does. it that way probably wouldn't write it that way these days but you know the kind of it's one of those things where it's kind of like it's the showbiz you know in at the end of blazing saddles where yes. it's like a super yeah. camp and he's got the director and it's like stop you know put out your tush hang out you hang it's kind of this Mel Brooks thing where he sort of plays with the, you know, gayness of Hollywood <laughs> in the producers. I think he's got yeah, that yeah. whole number about keep it light, keep it free, keep it gay. So he's got this whole kind of meta commentary on show business and, and gay men. And it's just kind of, that's how sure. it comes out in, in, in Robin Hood. It's like, we're men, manly men. And, then, and it ends with them all going, we're butch. And, and, you know, it's kind of the play on, like, they're wearing tights, like Errol Flynn. We talked about Errol Flynn's Robin Hood looking like an amazing forest-based gay disco. Like, that's what I said. (laughs) We certainly did. I mean that as a compliment. It's where I want to live. It's where I want to spend my time. (laughs) But I think maybe that was just him as a 90s person looking back and going, wow, this is such a camp you know, this is a, a, this is a good source material for camp. So we're going to really ramp up the whole men in tights. But we're butch, but we're manly men who wear tights and we're butch. So I, I still am okay with it. I don't know if it has run its course with other people, but um, I still... I, d- I don't think anyone's about to cancel Mel Brooks, but yeah. I, I, I think, you know, we, we can definitely look at it with a 2020 lens and sort of go, uh, you wouldn't write it, you wouldn't do that today. No, I know, but I just, I wonder, I'd love to know what, you know, gay men think about it now like yeah uh, if you are like call in because I, I think there's a lot of gay men with a really good sense of humor about this stuff and yeah. um you know i don't think they're going to be like overly sensitive about the fact that you know yes robin hood is literally in tights and <laughs> well, <laughs> running around does... the forest with a whole bunch of other merry men and they make the joke about like you're merry men he's like no no no, we're straight we're just merry and that that to me is like charmingly that, that, funny yeah but 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 that that gag feels like a step too far where they where they, they they just come out and say it he's like yeah. he, he basically says what you're all gay and then they go no we're straight we're just merry it's like yeah. uh, okay well that, that's a, that's a little bit over the line of gay panic yeah you know, uh, like it's, it's, can, uh... I, can I tell you something I've been doing the last few days? I have been watching or re-watching, I should say, news radio. Now, you guys. Oh, I guess. Oh, yeah. yeah. News radio uh, with the late, the great Phil Hartman mm-hmm, um, yeah. as Bill McNeil, the radio announcer. So it's set yep. in a New And York weirdly radio. Joe Rogan. And yeah. weirdly Joe Rogan. And Joe Rogan's character is kind of a bit gay panicky. Sure. So whenever he saw like a guy's giving him a hug or something, he's like, hey, don't don't hold this hug for too long. But it's kind of because he's his whole thing is a bit like I'm a macho Italian guy. Yeah. Um, that's his sort of thing. He's like, hey, I'm a macho Italian guy. Oh, don't touch me. And, and it's not played for like super laughs, but it's not – because you've got Andy Dick right there who's obviously kind of this very camp figure – and they talk about like gay and lesbian. It's really interesting to look at it as a microcosm because I grew up, this was a show that was on in my teens and I loved it. I loved Phil Hartman and I loved Dave Foley. And Dave Foley is so adorable. Mm. He's like <laughs> he's like a, a cute little pixie man. He's just adorable. But what I, just as a sidebar, 
I forgot how much of a horn dog he is, like because he's so <laughs> sweet looking. And then this whole thing, he's just always making jokes about Lisa and their sex life and stuff. Like he's constantly being a bit of a hornbag. And I'm like, I don't remember this element of this yeah, show. Yeah. <laughs> you should but, probably not watch the movie Postal then, Nat, because uh, uh, Dave has um, some nude scenes. Oh, really? Uh, and he's the leader of a cult. And there's a one point, I think <gasps> he's in a bed with like eight women. Aw, <laughs> good for him. Good for him. Uh so yes, but I, I, it's been interesting sort of watching that and seeing some of the jokes uh, because they obviously were keeping up with topical news because they keep referencing like the Clintons and various sort of political scandals just keep weaving into it. And I'm like, oh, yes, this would have been quite, you know, funny and topical at the time. Yeah, so there is this little bit of like, I'm not gay, you know, kind of, but it's, it's, it's not at like the gay panicky level. I can certainly see how we could look at it and say that, but it's that 90s thing of like, because they reference gay people and it's like a oh, gay pride, but it's just, it's, it's not a pun. It's not like an, 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 a nasty punchline. This is obviously my opinion. And I, 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 Sure. That, yeah. yeah. I mean, know, you, like, you can look at the intentionality behind it and say, yeah. like, you know, they're just having a bit of fun. Um, yeah. It's where, not, you know, um, yeah. it's not super cruel or anything like that. They're not punching down. Yeah. I don't think they're punching down because they're, yeah. So uh, anyway, so that, that's, that's where I was coming from in terms of that, that, just that interesting context that I've been watching that show, which is mm. started in, I think 95, which is only a couple of years after this. So it's, it's in that era where things were changing as far as, out and out homophobic joke. So I, I to, to oh sure. Read... I mean, this stuff, this stuff keeps going right through to sort of the late two thousands. Like, it's it's weird going back yeah. and watching like comedies from the like early to mid two thousands now, and just being like, wow, that that feels way too late to be making that joke. Yeah, but <laughs> you isn't know? It, yeah, but isn't it true that like particularly, I'm thinking like teenage boy comedies. Like, I'm I, I haven't seen Superbad. I think since I saw it in the cinema. But something like that might have the old like, oh, I'm not because like, isn't that something that teenage boys kind of go through? Is this weird sense of like trying to either? I mean, again, look, sure, but but at, at the risk of disappearing era. up my own ass with with you know comedic analysis, like I think it's it's again about the intentionality, and I think a lot of the times the punchline isn't necessarily aren't, aren't they silly to be concerned about being homosexual yeah it, it, the, the punchline is oh as if you'd be homosexual you know like i feel i've or at least that that's that's definitely a reading of it and i think yeah. that's yeah. The, that's the line you know yeah and that's fair and i think that certainly news radio errs more on the side of like oh he's you know he's just a bit panicky he's being silly yeah he's being silly but it could it could be argued i don't know but i think it's just you got to remember that the mindset changes slowly. Oh, sure, like, sure. Yeah. I don't know. So anyway, there's the, I'm sure there are actual proper critical blogs and podcasts that you can read for actual academic study into these things. <laughs> I'm just having an opinion, which on the internet, yeah. which I am entitled to well, as a woman. I think, um, I think there's only two real sort of on-the-nose gay panic jokes. So it's the one in the song, and then there's the Rabbi Tuckman one, which is the Fegula. No, we're just merry. Yeah. Mm. But that's like that's just a pun at the. 
I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying I can see how they yeah. would make that joke and yeah. go, oh, see. I, I mostly don't. I mostly don't like that joke just because there's no joke to it. They basically <laughs> just go, no, 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 we're not gay. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Like, like it's just there's, it's kind of just a bad joke. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Criticize it more on its its lack of jokeness. Yeah. and laughs than than yeah. I think it was. I think it was just because the word he uses, fegula, was it? Yeah. Obvious. Obviously, has a another word that it's making the well it's yeah, it's the to. yiddish yiddish version of it yes um anyway just to wrap up my list i've written another few things down there are rap numbers because it's 1993 and let's put some rap numbers in there but yeah. i was when i was watching them i was like these are like you know my name is john and i'm here to say rap and it's that level and i realized mel brooks wrote those he did write it, he did write them yes he wrote all the songs uh, including the raps but I did love the, the the little You you couldn't tell that a that an aging Jewish man wrote those raps? <laughs> no, that's I was just interested I was like, did he write these? And checked and was like, Yeah, he wrote those. But they still did them with conviction. And then um Prince John's mole. I, I still yes, love the yes. I have a mole joke. I, I have a mole. It's it's super fun. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I've got a few other things, but they're they're just things that I've written down as we've been talking. So Stu, over to you. Yep, uh, we, we've covered a lot of the items on my list, so I'll, I'll blitz through them. Um, first, obviously, was Carrie Elwes is great in this as as, as Robin Hood. I said that the sheriff is doing John Cleese. Dave Chappelle is in this movie. He is. Yep. Um, he is. Yeah, he was would have been very young. This was his <laughs> first role. This is his first role. Uh, yeah. He was, he, he, was, he was well known. He was an up and coming stand up comedian at that point. Yeah. Um, and he had a lot of buzz around him. I think he. Uh, but but this is, I think, his first. His first movie. Yeah. He's very um, charming. He is very charming in this. Like you can see why he's, you know, a really captivating. I, I know he said like I I don't want to get into kind of what his specials and stuff. No, is sure. A lot of controversy <laughs> about him. So I, let's let's leave that to far more qualified than a people than us. I mean, I have opinions, but I, it's it's obviously a controversial area. But I he is very charming, and I never knew this was him until sort of many years later. And I, I, I was just like, how young was he in this? But he's very charming. He's a charming mm. screen presence and he's, you know, kind of the fun sidekick. Truth yeah, although for, for my for my money, like I, I think he kind of gets lost a little bit. Yeah, um, you can I, tell it's his first movie. Yes, you like can. He just, he's just kind of there and he's, he's doing he's doing his, his thing. He's not um, really acting. He, he's just... He, being he's there. just being Dave Chappelle, yeah. uh, which is fine. Like, like that's kind of what he's he's there to do. Yes. Um, but it's just kind of it, it's like okay, yeah, fine. Like I, he does like a Malcolm X riff yep. at one stage, and yes, and, yes. And it's like okay, I sure. did, I did like I as a kid, we always loved it. My brother and I, when he was like, stop, I've got to pump. I'm out of air. I've got to pump and just pumps up his Reeboks. Yeah. Because did you guys remember those Re those Air oh, yeah. Jordans? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were insane. They were so insane. I think my brother got a pair, but I don't think I ended up getting them because they just weren't right for my feet or something. But that's all we wanted was freaking Air Jordans where you pumped the basketball-shaped pump mm. and it would put air in your shoes. And and then and every then other, every other months shoe later. company came up with, a, with their own version. Yeah. Yeah, but they broke because like yeah. – how how can you have a pump? That yeah, what, works? what does that even mean? What does it even mean? <laughs> yes, sorry, Stu, carry on. No, no, that's all right. The, the next item on my list was uh, recycled jokes. So there's at least two pretty egregious callbacks in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the first one uh, obviously is uh, it's good to be the king. Yeah. Uh, which is a direct reference to History of the World Part One. Oh. Mm -hmm. 
And um, the other one is, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember what it is now. Um, the the uh, black sheriff line from oh, sheriff. Um, yeah, exactly. It's in the same space. Uh, yeah, that yeah, they they say, but but then they put a hat on it by saying, "Hey, it worked for Blazing Saddles." Yeah, it's like okay, sure. <laughs> There's a Fair really enough. nice go- there's a really nice goof with that moment too. If you have if you watch it back, there's an extra in the background that's out of sync. Oh, really? Yeah, and he says <laughs> um, "Black Sheriff" or something like, and no sound. Like they've all oh, finished no. saying "Black Sheriff," <laughs> and he just says it again. That must be very common in movies to have people mm. randomly saying things and then cut the sound. Yeah, um, I forgot to mention, like, Patrick Stewart as the last-minute cameo as King Richard. Oh, yes, I, I had that in there. That, that's on my list as well. Oh, is uh, it? Pa- Patrick Stewart doing Sean Connery, very I, specifically. I have yes. no memory of him doing a Scottish accent. No, yeah. neither I did I. No Just, I remember him showing up because I remember him showing up and being like, that's that's uh, Captain Picard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know. Well, because yeah. Sean Connery wanted a million dollars to do that cameo. And yeah. Mel Brooks went, I haven't got room in my budget. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, are you serious? Yeah. Mel Brooks yeah, asked Sh- Sean Connery? Mel Brooks wanted Sean Connery for the role of um, of uh, King Richard. And he no. said, yes, I'll do it. Sorry, he said, yes, I'll do it. But it's going to cost you a million dollars, Mel. Wow. I yeah. did not know that. That yeah. is very strange. And so they, they just got... Patrick Stewart to show up and do a Sean Connery impersonation. Yeah. More or less, is, yeah. It's much funnier anyway. But the the other cameo they wanted and didn't get because of the cost is there was supposed to be, if you recall in Hot Shots, the um, Martin Sheen, Charlie Sheen, oh, uh, I Loved You in Wall Street. That there was joke. Su- there was that... supposed to be a Kevin Costner. Oh. And he wanted $5 million. That's just yeah. To appear in Mel, well, that's he's asking because he doesn't want to do it. That's no, why exactly, he's asking yeah. that much. Yeah. He's like, if you um, really want me to do it, I'll do it. But this is how much you you get. Yeah, yeah. like Elizabeth Taylor didn't really want to do Cleopatra, so she said, "Yeah, for a million bucks, I'll do it." And they were like, "Okay," and then she sure. had to do it, and then it was a massive <laughs> flop. But you yeah. know, she did she did have a fling with Richard Burton, so yeah, swings and roundabouts, I guess. Um, but and they want and they wanted so one last one. They wanted Hulk Hogan to be Little John. I can see oh, that. Wow, okay. Right. I can see that. Yes, I can see that. That and but the guy it, that they've got. Yeah, yeah, he he decided he wanted to do suburban commando more than um Robin Hood <laughs> Men in Tights. What? Look, I think it's a wash. Suburban yeah. commando? What? Oh. I, are you not familiar with the oeuvre of uh, of the Hulkster? <laughs> Ah, oh, there was one. Was he in the Babysitter or something? Or the no, the Rock was in the Tooth Fairy. Um, <laughs> no, Hulk Hogan was in some. Was he Mr. Mom? Mr. Mom, I think. That's, no, no, no. Um, what was what was he in? He was in some family comedy with kids and surely. Sure, yeah, yeah. It's it's a rite of passage for wrestlers in Hollywood. Yeah, they have to do something which you know makes them look sweet despite their incredibly jacked, <laughs> you know. Steroid-ridden bodies. But Suburban Commander was kind of that. It's basically he was an alien bounty hunter whose ship crashed on Earth and he decided to rent out someone's back room and there's a family. (laughs) And it's got Doc Brown. I can't remember his name. 
Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd, yeah, Christopher Lloyd, and it's got wow, this sounds terrible. I can't remember her name either. Uh, the wife from The Shining. Uh, Shelley Duval. Shelley Duval. They're the oh, parents. Yeah. So yeah. So he, he. But then these other alien bounty hunters are chasing him, and they come down and they cause a ruckus. And he he teaches a ruckus. He teaches yes. He teaches the family how to be self sufficient and strong, and they oh. learn all learn a lesson about life and love. <laughs> and Christopher Lloyd steals his blaster and then shoots red lights and then goes and gets his kids' bikes back from the neighbourhood bullies. Um, the well, movie we were thinking right. of was Mr. Nanny. Ah, oh, Mr. Mr. Nanny. Nanny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was that whole thing of like, you know what? Arnold Schwarzenegger as a kindergarten teacher was hilarious. Let's yeah. put other really big dudes, big dumb dudes around That kids. was the thinking. Yeah. That was the thinking in the 90s. Let's just put really weird, threateningly large men around children. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, you know, the whole family will love it. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. It is a hell of a drug, guys. Yeah. The next item on my list is show tunes. Uh, to yes. close it out, we, we've mentioned everything else. Uh, so, yeah, that, that was the other thing. Um Obviously, there's the title song, Men in Tights. My personal favourite is um, the, the love song that, that uh, Robin sings yes. to, to Marion. The night uh, is young and yeah. you're so beautiful. Yeah, that is Which great. is just, which, which strikes the perfect balance of just pure silliness that I wish yeah. had been throughout the whole movie. Like that, yes. that, that sequence is wonderful. I love it. Yeah, it is great. And the, the shadow play with the curtain. Yeah, with, with the sword the, and everything. Yeah, and all great. the other merry men just like, ah, and singing. It almost off. seems out of place, doesn't it? Because it's so yeah. good. It's, yeah. it's, it's really well done. It's obviously well constructed. It's something that Brooks seems interested in, like, like doing that parody of old musicals. Mm. Yeah. Um, but, but it's very anachronistic with the rest of the movie, which is, is satirizing like adventure films and, and things like that. Mm. Yeah, exactly. It's all of a sudden this high camp romance moment mm. that is, uh, you know, and it and it it works and it's it's great because you've got Carrie Ulls totally going for it, Elway's sure. going for it <laughs> with an, and, with an then, insane dubbed voice. It's it's great, yes, and, and, and he, he does like the big note, like uh, Marion's hair blows back, and yes, you know, oh, yes, great. and uh, and she's kind of a bit bamboozled by it all yes <laughs> uh, doing doing very good bamboozled work in that, act, in that yes scene. excellent bamboozled acting and of course finishing with the big sword you know shadow yes. puppet sword uh, <laughs> look i yeah. like it i like a dick joke what am i gonna tell you hey, it's 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 a good one it's, it's a, a good yeah. dick joke it's, it's, it's a, a good fun joke one. it's a good joke <laughs> what do we what do we think about uh brumhilda her german <laughs> who is she like, like i mean the, the thing the thing is like i guess she's that there's a little bit of of uh, like the Disney version, like like uh, uh, yes, the Ms. chicken, Ms. the chicken in Madame, that, or Madame Cluck, Mrs. Cluck, Madame, Madame Cluck, and, and then there's also uh, a little bit of the Errol Flynn version. I think Marion has a chaperone. Yes, and she always, and, well. and in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, she has that friend who pretends to be her. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's kind of a, a um, but but it's more like a lady in waiting rather than like yeah. a, a chaperone sort of thing. But I guess like there's more comedy to be mined out of like a, a gooseberry than. Yes. Than someone else, but but yeah, like I, she's fine. She's she has she has the gag where she I tries mean, to jump on the horse, and the yeah. horse says no, thank you. And it's just a little bit fat shamey, you know. It's just like, bit, yeah, sure. Just I know. It's just, it's a little soup some of problematic content. Yeah, it's it's more of a, a like, hey, look, 
she's like a real big German Brunhilde, you know. <laughs> Look, she's real big. And she was in A League of Their Own, that actress. Yeah, she was. She's going to be in the TV series as well. No. Oh, cool. I'm so excited about that TV series. A League of Their Own is genuinely yeah. one of my favourite films. It's like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, A League of Their Own. And what was my third one for years? It was like those two and something else were my top three. This is obviously leaving aside Bond movies, which are yeah. you know, <laughs> in a different category and Gone with the Wind and stuff. But, yeah, that yeah. I love A League of Their Own. It's such a such a, such a a good movie. So I'm really interested in this uh, new series that's coming out at some point. Well, there was an old one as well. In 93 they made, I believe, a six-episode season. Um, oh, and she was they? in that as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. Imagine what I can um, remember, but then I can't remember Christopher Lloyd's name. Yeah, that's... <laughs> That's what being a nerd is all about. It's the detail. Is that sorry, Stu? Is that your list done? Yeah, that, that that's okay. my list. Let's call that a day. <laughs> I wanted to bring up one joke that really offended me this time around. Like it never oh, okay. mattered Ooh. to me as a kid. Oh yeah. But I got really like I was like really cranky. Obviously, there's like the fat shaming thing. I'm like oh, okay, and the you know gay panicky stuff. I'm like oh, okay. But then they had like he split Robin's arrow in twain. He split Robin's arrow in twain. And then he says, but, from an extra that's always fascinated me because he lets out a giant gob of spit, gob of spit. when he says twain. That must have been planned. Like that must I... have been planned <laughs> to have that. That had to that had to be on purpose. It was too big a lump of spit. To... Yeah, it might be a happy accident. Who knows? Yeah. yeah, it could be. But then he says, no, wait. And he goes, let me check the script. And then they all get out uh, their script. Check. Yeah. And they go, no, that's right. Again, it's another shot. Oh, he does. Yeah, he does. I mean, that's a, that's a Bugs Bunny joke, isn't it? It is really it? is. Yeah. I I, it, like it, literally I, a Bugs Bunny joke. I was like, it, that just made me so angry. I'm like, that's so lazy. But it's, it's, <laughs> also, it's, it's also and that's a, where Natalie draws the line. <laughs> it's also a a, um, a Spaceballs gag. Like they do the same gag in Spaceballs. Yeah, yeah that, with the with the videotape. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I and just, it's it's much better deployed in that movie because it's a visual gag. Yeah. I just was really cranky because it's like there's no reason why you couldn't just go, Robin gets another go. Like, why do you have to have this weird – I think it was just we need something here to – Putting a hat on a hat. Put a laugh on something. Mm. Um, but, yeah, they could have done anything else there, really, I think. I think they thought they thought it would be funny if Robin lost the, the Arrow competition because that's like a, a, an True. inversion of what normally happens. But then they yeah. couldn't figure out a way out. Yeah. And, and it so is... they just said, uh, the, the script will, like, we'll do a script gag. Yeah. And I just, uh, I just feel that's so lazy. <laughs> that whole thing. But by the way, can, can we just quickly talk about, like, the Mel Brooksiness of just <laughs> getting Dom DeLuise to just yeah. be Marlon Brando for a scene? Yeah. And like a long scene for no reason, like like it's just and, and also Dom DeLuise is here collecting a paycheck. Yeah, and he's going to do his thing for a bit. And it's really long, like yeah. super long. It's, it's to, way too long. He has to introduce his two sidekicks, who obviously are parodies. One was a parody of Clint Eastwood. It looks scarily sure. like him, but yeah. the other guy, D- Dirty Enzio. Yeah, Dirty Enzio. <laughs> but then Filthy Luca. I didn't know who he was supposed to be. If he was supposed to be someone from The Godfather no. or. But he was like, I will do this now with my hand. I was like, he's obviously taking off it, someone, but I it's, don't it's, know. It's, well, it's taken is. directly out of The Godfather, basically. Okay. Yeah. And the, the the guy that played Dirty Enzio, the Clint Eastwood guy, has also played Clint Eastwood in Clueless. In Clueless? The, yeah, the movie the Clueless. Movie. Yeah. I'm sure I, I would not be surprised if that guy earns a living as a, being a Clint Eastwood impersonator <laughs> because he looks yeah. exactly like Clint Eastwood. He yeah. was really, really good. Yeah. So that was that. Yeah, it was a long scene with Dom DeLuise and 
just it's, doing this voice. He's just doing this voice the whole and, scene. And this is what I mean about Roger Reed. Rod, Roger Reed, as the Sheriff of Rottingham, is keeping up the energy because he's going, yeah. what? Sure. Yes, what are we going to do? Yes, that sounds good. Yeah, And then Dom DeLuise is like, they make the cotton balls gay. It's like, cotton balls, I've been to the dentist. Yeah. It's like, surely that's not the first time someone's made that, that joke. That can't be the origin of that joke. I, I just I, I remember <laughs> I remember some seeing that somewhere else as a kid, but I I haven't seen The Godfather, so I, like I I get it because I've seen Marlon Brando going, "You show me no respect," but I yeah I really need to watch The Godfather. Mm. So Tracy Ullman is in this film as Latrine, the witch, <laughs> very much a, a takeoff of Mortiana. Which is which is I mean again we we mentioned we mentioned it before, but that is. A great, a good joke. A yeah, good joke. A good joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it used to be shit house. It used to be shit house. Perfect, good perfect. change. Um, no, no, no. But, you know, if we're talking about if we're talking about problematic content, she's like a little bit teensy bit raping. Oh, sure, absolutely. Oh. Yeah, yeah. A little bit raping. <laughs> I, I've, I've written down the word consent issues in my notes <laughs> um, four times. <laughs> and uh yeah it's there's a bit uh, of the peppy lapuse about her yes yeah. there was like just praying for my love oh my one true love and it was like haha it's funny because she's like so horrendously ugly so there's that side of the problematic thing that like yeah, her, it's, it's, it's horrendously ugly a lot of jokes is, are just but you're so ugly and it's yes, like Whoa, you're fat or you're weird. ugly they're the ones and that's the thing that i mean about like the gay panic stuff that's going to re um that's going to hit some people harder than than me because I'm not a gay man, but the ones about you're ugly, you're fat, ha ha ha. I'm like, oh wow, yeah. is this what I was taking on as a small child? But I don't, I don't think I thought any more of it at the time because it was just like, ha ha ha. Yeah, she's really, you know, she's the horrible witch, ha ha ha. Or she's just the cook. In fact, the um, sight gag that I liked from that though was the cardboard cutout uh, changing yes. expression. I really like that. Expressions, yes, that's that's very fun. But yeah, that's really interesting. And she gives him a lifesaver. Like that was a bad joke. Like she literally gives him a lifesaver to save his life. <laughs> yeah. Is he the only person in the film that gets, actually gets stabbed? Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's played for laughs. Yeah, yeah. No one really dies in this, but it is a comedy movie. So. Yeah. You know what I did like? What gag I did like? It's kind of lame, but the um the guards when they all come in. <laughs> And then Robin sort of kicks one over and they fall like dominoes. Yeah. That was that was fun. I really wanted to know if they were just suits that fell down or if there some, were actually people in them. Some, some of them some were some. Of, yeah. 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 Apparently it took them about two weeks to get that scene right. You're kidding me. They spent no. two weeks on that, on that gag? My God. Yeah. On just that gag or on the whole yep. scene? Uh, well, I'm guessing it must be the whole scene, but yeah, the, the culmination of it is obviously all of the guys falling yeah. over. Um, but so, it, it is there's, there's a fun moment too where he initially picks up one rope and gets caught, and then the next time he picks up the right rope and goes, ah, right rope. That was just something I noticed. Um, but also that is really fun because that's a direct ripoff of the Errol Flynn scene hmm. when he comes in and throws the um, the pig and says, no, that's a wild pig. That's a wild boar. <laughs> funny. He's funny. Yeah. And I, I realize that I will use that, particularly with Greg from the Smart Enough to Know Better podcast, when you make like a joke at someone else's expense, we'll often just reply to each other, it's funny. He's funny. <laughs> you got to admit he's funny. So, um, yeah, can we talk about Prince John? I was just going to say, yeah. So Richard Lewis is Prince John. Now, who is Richard Lewis? He's just, apart from uh, this role. Uh, another stand-up. Really a stand-up yeah. comedian, yeah. Another another guy who was sort of active at the time. Yeah, I, I think I've only ever seen him in this. 
uh, unless he's popped up somewhere that I'm sort of didn't don't remember him from. Apparently, he's in Curb Your Enthusiasm. See, see, Curb Your Enthusiasm is a massive blind spot for me. I've never, I've never watched it. Me yeah. neither. That's why I said apparently he's in it because <laughs> I know, I know people who love that show. He does do voices a lot, but he's uh. um he's very fun. But he's not again not really acting as much as just. No, he's just kind of commenting on things. He, yeah. He's acting. He's acting sort of like a Greek chorus almost. But yeah, yeah. it's it's weird. It, like it's it's funny to see them, you know, do a parody of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, which specifically doesn't have a Prince John character. Yes, and so they put Prince John in, and he kind of doesn't have a lot to do. Mm. It, it's it's interesting. Like like they they don't seem to have learnt the lesson there of you have to give him something to do, otherwise he's just sort of sitting there like commenting on things mm. and it's an interesting ending because it's not really in any other oh i suppose it is in robin hood the whole marion has to marry the sheriff but that one she's forced to in this one she's like no if you let robin go i will i will marry you <laughs> but you, may, you will only have my body you will not have my mind or my soul he's like yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's fine, yeah, that's I, can fine. That. I respect that i respect it <laughs> that's a good joke and yeah and so then uh, Achu, I think, fires the arrow and gets Robin out of the hangman's nose. And... <laughs> yeah. I, look, it's cheesy, but I do like the bless you. <laughs> this is Achu. Bless you. It's cute. It's cute. But why, why do we is... think they split that role? Yes, I was just about to ask So the there, there's thing. a Chew and a Sneeze, which is, uh, who is Isaac Hayes. Yeah. yeah. Is uh, it... Chef uh, from, from South Park. Is it just because, like, they were all friends? so, Or is it just because he thought of the two names? Like well, I don't think it was because they, they couldn't stand to hide his light behind a bushel because Isaac Hayes is not great. No. <laughs> <In this>. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I don't, I guess they, they wanted the Isaac Hayes cameo and, and yeah. they also put Dave Chappelle in. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's strange. It could just be the gag. Like they could have just gone, Isaac, we want you in for one day's filming. It's a, it's a gag yeah. where basically you are a character called a sneeze and you have a son called a chew. Sure. And that's, that's the extent of it. Like it could be that simple. He's dead now, isn't he? He is. Yes. yes. Yeah. He's, he's one with Xenu. Probably a lot of people. Oh, in this movie. <laughs> oh yeah. He was what? a Scientologist. He was, he was a Scientologist. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 Too soon. No. Um... <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> inappropriate. I'm not sure. <laughs> There's a gag that was left in that was a ad lib or a, was a, a mistake. Uh, when Robin's fighting at the end with the swords with uh, the the sheriff and the sparks are happening, and he says shocking, um, it's because the way they make swords spark in films is by running a battery cable to the the sword. Sure. Um, and apparently the the wiring was quite bad on the hilt of his sword, so if he started to sweat, he would get shocks. Oh God! Oh Jesus! So oh, when I say a battery, I'm talking like a little nine volt battery. Like it's not oh, sure, sure, yeah. But he'd get like a buzz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So apparently the shocking um, was because he got zapped by his sword. Oh, Jesus. okay. And they left it in. They left it in, yeah. Because I thought it was like a, a bizarre left field, like James Bond reference. Look, maybe it, it could be maybe, read maybe that they, way. They decided to do that. Yeah. That's, yeah. How how weird. Another gag I, I enjoyed was um, re- the reveal that uh, Marion's last name is Begel. Yeah. Oh yes. That, uh, it's, it's Loxley and Begel. They go great yeah. together. I, yeah. I only got that. I only got that this viewing. Never got that before. <laughs> I, I never really had bagels, and I didn't. Know sure. What, yeah, bagels were a thing in the nineties in Australia. I, I didn't yeah. know what Lox was. I had to look that up recently because I think 
I think Seth Meyers was talking about it in a in a sketch on his show. It was something about locks, and I was like, "What is locks?" And it's salmon. It's, it's smoked salmon. It's smoked yeah. salmon that like you get on a bagel. Yeah, but Americans call it locks. So sure. then, yeah, because I I always wondered why they spelt it L O X S L E Y, not L O C K, mm. and it's to make that so, joke. To that gag. To make the gag. Yeah. So this, uh, according to Wikipedia, this film holds an approval rating of 41% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's not well regarded. And an average rating of 5.1 out of 10. The critical consensus reads, undisciplined, scatological, profoundly silly, and often utterly grown. How scatological is it, though? It's, it's actually not that there's not a lot of poop no. and fart jokes in this yeah. movie. I mean, there's, there's, the a lot, there's a lot more boob jokes yeah. than sex jokes. There's a toilet at the start with Blinken's aunt sitting in the, the yeah. open after the castle gets repossessed. And she is called Latrine. Uh. <laughs> um, but yes, profoundly silly and often utterly groan-worthy, Robin Hood Men in Tight still has an amiable, anything-goes-goofiness that has made it a cult favourite. No. Uh, audiences polled by CinemaScore gave the film an average grade of B on an A plus to F scale. No. I don't think I'd give it a B. I'd probably give yeah. it a C. But it grossed $35.7 million in the United States and Canada. It is Brooks' high, fifth highest grossing film. Yeah. A worldwide total of $72 million in 1993. I mean, it doesn't look very expensive. You know? no, I'm, I'm sure it made its money back. I mean, it um, was... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's not, yeah, it's not an expensive film. <laughs> uh... you, can, you can see where the money went. Um, yes. Yeah, there's parts that look genuinely impressive. Like they've got lots of extras, they've got a big set, and then there's other parts where they're just standing around in a field, and it's like, my God. Yes. But, I mean, it's it's weird. It is, it is weirdly charming. It's one of those movies where it's mostly Carrie always carrying it on his back, where he yeah. is such a, a lovely presence, even when he's just, like, straight hamming it up, that you're willing to go with it. Like, you're just like, okay, sure, whatever. <laughs> that definitely seems to be the vibe of the film. I think it was very interesting that we all watched this on ABC iView. Yeah. <laughs> when mm. we were looking for it, it's on ABC iView, which is, like, the ABC is our national broadcaster like the bbc in the uk and they have a streaming service called ivy which is very good has a lot of great content but i couldn't believe it when we were going on does anyone know where it is and it's on abc it's just, yeah completely bafflingly on ivy for some reason yeah it's, for free um, yeah totally for free if you're in australia you can watch this movie for free right now um, and well, the, the thing that that taught me was that while I was looking for this movie, I realized iView has like random movies that it will put up every once in a while. Yeah, there you go. Like there's a, there's a, a weird little mini collection of just some random movies on iView right now. It's bizarre. A lot of um, uh, my tax dollars going to that. <laughs> so I'm, no, I'm, I'm glad. Like going to, to however whatever nominal fee secured the streaming rights to this. Mm. Well, it's that and the four comedy shows that they make a year on the ABC. Don't get me started on that. Um, I've got I've got one thing though, just I wanted to add. There's a gag I think they missed that I think should have been in there. Yeah. So when when Marion's trying to get the um the sorry, uh, when the, the sheriff's trying to get the uh Everlast off Marion, he's using a obviously a modern jackhammer. Did they miss a vibrator gag there? Was it actually <laughs> Was it actually a vibrator gag though? Because she kept kind of going. Ah. Uh, maybe, or maybe, maybe they just maybe they shouldn't put a hat on it like they normally do. Yeah. That moment was the one time they decided to be subtle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it has 
come time now to do our rankings. So we've we, this is our seventh film, I believe. It is, yes. That we are ranking, and yeah, where are we going to put this? Do you, do you have any ideas? Because I'm a bit stumped, to be honest. I've I've got a pretty fair idea. Like, like uh, the the way that I do it is, I start at the bottom and I start moving up, and and I see where it lands, and I I feel pretty good about where I've got this. So the current uh, last place film on on my list is uh, the story of Robin Hood and his Merry Men, the the 1952 version. Just above that is the uh, 1991 Robin Hood, not many, not uh, Prince of Thieves, but the the other 1991 Robin Hood movie. Patrick Bergen, yes. Patrick Bergen. And uh, above that is Robin and Marion. And this movie is not better than Robin and Marion. <laughs> uh, so I think it's going right in the middle there between... Uh, so so in third last place. So I guess technically that's one, two, three, four. In fifth place out yeah, of seven. I think I'm actually the same because mm. I have Story of Robin Hood at the bottom, then Robin Hood 91. Then I have the Robin Hood 1974 animated. And even though that is not a, as we've discussed it's not a film that hangs together super well it's probably one that's better than this i guess but at the same time this is a weird one because it sits outside it sits in that comedy parody mel brooks yeah thing. it's it's hard to find a space but i mean just just as a film i think it's not bad but it's not good like, like yeah. it's yeah. it's just sort of a really patchy watch yeah. It yeah. was very nostalgic for me to, to revisit it because I loved this movie as a kid. Yeah. But I think coming back to it, I'm like, oh, some of those jokes just don't work. Yeah. And some it's, of them do. Some of them are funny, but like some of them just aren't. Yeah, they, they just don't work. So it, it, I think it, this I think this goes, it goes above the two outright failures <laughs> on this list. <laughs> but I think it, I, it can't go above Sean Connery and... and and uh, uh, yeah. uh, you know, and, and like... similarly, it can't go above the animated one for me. No, exactly. And at best, and it not... could tie with it. At best, it could tie with it. But if sure. I'm going to do that, then I'm cheating a bit, aren't I? And I would argue that like the the Disney animated Robin Hood has better songs, even even though like Men in Tights is funny and and the you know the the love song is is funny. But then they also have Marion sing a song, and there's no jokes in that song. It's just a a song. It's just a damsel in distress. It's just a, a fairly straight, like I want, I wish song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, which is weird. Yeah. It feels and out it, of place. Yeah. Exactly. It's, like, why is she? Why is she singing this song? It's bizarre. It's kind of a Disney princess song. Yeah. And then they <sighs> kind of. I wonder if it was meant to be a parody that just doesn't land for me anymore. But they, they do the the pop version, like the R and B remix version, at the end with like the duet. Oh, yeah. uh, over the credits, which was a yeah. very like '90s thing. It, yeah, it was. It but was it doesn't like... play as a joke. It plays like they've just done a version of the song. Yes, that's right. Yeah, like... it's, it's for realsies. Yeah, they're, they're doing they... it for real. Like he wants this to be a chart single. They they tried to have their cake and eat it too because it it had the, they had the the rappers like the Merry Men come back and go. Oh yeah. So that's the story, and it's all good. The sheriff is in jail and Robin's in the hood or whatever it was. You know, they tried to do that sort of little comedy bit and then go into a serious like, where is he? Where is he? Yeah. Yeah. Odd. Totally. Very weird. Totally. Totally. Very jarring. So there we go. Scott, your final view on the film? Still watch it? Yeah. Look, I would still watch it. I think it'll probably be a couple of years before I see it again, just because (laughs) the, the gags, as you say, seem a bit stale. Um, they they do not seem to land as well as they used to, but there's some spectacular performances in it, like Carrie Elworth in particular. 
um, is is amazing as a as a Robin Hood. I think, yeah, I think it's the the humor that lets this one down, which is a very fatal flaw in a Mel Brooks Mel Brooks parody movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I, I look, I, I enjoyed it. It's not an enjoyment that it's a different enjoyment than I had when I saw it the first time. Yeah, and and look, I would be remiss coming on a Robin Hood podcast, and um, I was live tweeting about this to the two of you. Um, <laughs> And I have to put this out there to the to the universe. There's a there's an Australian Robin Hood film that's only recently been made. It was made in Victoria. It's called The Siege of Robin Hood. It looks uh, bananas. It's it is all kinds of cuckoo bananas. Um, watch it at your own risk. <laughs> um, I look. I I I enjoyed it, but it is it is madness. Um, the the only reason. Doesn't it have Merlin and dragons in Merlin, it? It has Merlin in it. It has um, Sir Lancelot. Um, look, I, I'll, I'll pimp it because it is an independent production where people put their own money into it and people kickstarted it. People, they didn't set out to make a bad film. I don't think they made a bad film. I just think they could have made a better film. <laughs> <laughs> and, and an epitaph that could apply to that film and also to Men in Tights. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, as far as I understand, our next um, – we're going to shoot forward in time to the Robin Hood film starring Russell Crowe. I think the Russell Crowe uh, Robin Hood is next. It's yeah. 2010. So we're going ahead 17 years to Ridley Scott getting mm. back together, the old band with Russell Crowe back together, Kate Blanchett as Marion. Oscar Isaac as Prince John. Oh, that's mm. <laughs> before he became super hot Star Wars guy. Um, Mark Addy as Friar Tuck. Gosh. Yeah. King um, Robert Baratheon. Mm. And wait, Matthew McFadgen as the Sheriff of Nottingham? Matthew McFadgen, a.k.a. Mr. Darcy? Sure. From the 2005 yeah. Pride and Prejudice as the bad guy? I don't know if I can deal with this. <laughs> I've already told you how I can't watch Succession because... <laughs> I can't watch Mr. Darcy being this terrible, horrible, weirdly cowardly <laughs> character. Anyway, so on our current list, we only have two films to go, Robin Hood 2010 with Kat Russell Crowe and then Robin Hood 2018 with Taron Egerton mm. and Jamie Foxx. So uh, we will be back in the future with more Robin on. If you have enjoyed this podcast, why not tell a friend? Why not rate, review, and subscribe? I never say that. I never say that. <laughs> I feel people like it's implied. That. People could rate, review, and subscribe, but I feel weird asking people. Like, they've already Wait. had to listen to us, so they need to. Wait, Natalie, do you have a Patreon? I do have a Patreon, Scott. <laughs> Thanks so much for asking in such a patronizing way. Um, <laughs> www.patreon.com slash girlclumsy is the Patreon. And thank you once again to the blessed, blessed, blessed people of my Patreon. Uh, I'm sure we can talk about it in another time, but um, I recently lost my grandmother, mm. the wonderful, marvellous Queen Pat. Uh, and uh, I had to sort of explain that to my patrons and they've been absolutely lovely and uh, outpourings of, of support and, you know, praise for, for her, um, which is, is is all that is needed. I'm I'm fine, but yes, they they were there for me, and I really do appreciate it. 
the last couple of months have been a bit tough. Uh, and then, yeah, just supporting me into the future because, of course, this is the month when House of the Dragon oh, yes. begins. It's so soon, everyone. It's so soon. And Stu and I will be doing that in all earnestness. Uh, and we'll be very excited to, to bring you that. So uh, keep a lookout. Now, I'll be recapping, obviously. So if you are keen to get on board the House of the Dragons train for recaps, podcasts, and all the good things, uh, patreon.com slash girlclumsy is where you can find us. Otherwise, obviously, jump onto facebook.com slash Natalie's Throne. And if you want to chat to us, I am Girl Clumsy on Twitter. Stu is at Disco Stew. He doesn't need to advertise. Uh, but Scott does. Scott, what's your Twitter handle for the good um, people? Baron von Borg. Baron von Borg, spelt with all the usual O's. Yes, Baron correct. von Borg. It's all O's. It's yeah. all O's all the way down. Um, thank you so much for coming and guesting on the show, Scott. Hope you it had was, fun. It was lots of fun, yes. And thank you to everyone who's been following along with the Robin Hood adventures. We will return with more arrows and more patriot arrows that find their target no matter what happens. <laughs> and, and cause a, cause a, a, a stadium-wide uh, Mexican wave. Stadium wave. wave. The invented Mexican wave. Oh, great gag. Uh, but yes, as uh, Carrie Elwes does in this film, there's a fair bit of Elfin-style laughing. So we shall say, until next time... See you in Sherwood Forest. Oh. <laughs> oh. 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 Oh.